0: Today's sermon topic comes to you courtesy of another anonymous Hope member. We are working our way through (laughs) questions our congregation submitted as the most burning moral issues of our time. And the question posed is what will be the long term impact of our decline in public education? So how many here attend or have attended a public school? Ah, good. We are discussing common experiences. I hear despair in the framing of this question. The wording implies public education has gone to hell and is going to keep going there. I understand this sense of hopelessness and share it. Our state has the dubious honor of making the deepest cuts in school funding since the start of the 2008 recession. Yes, we're number one in the nation, and our lead widens. Oklahoma's per-student funding has dropped more than 20 Three percent over the past six years, significantly more than any other state. Alabama follows us, and there, it's like 15, 16 percent. Ah, and there are some that have increased over 30 percent. The outcome of diminishing support is scarcity, not enough pay not enough qualified teachers, fewer materials, larger classes, out-of-date textbooks or no textbooks, obsolete technology, special programs eliminated, unequal distribution of resources. You all know this. And scarcity breeds anger, competitiveness, and unproductive school rivalry. I'm not talking football teams. As one teacher, one Tulsa teacher put it, when the watering hole gets smaller, the gazelles fight each other for access. So this pervasive stress diminishes both the teaching and the learning. I want to use this month's theme to tether my response. To the question. We take the opportunity to explore themes together that change from month to month, and October's theme is reason. Our Unitarian Universalist tradition insists upon reason. It is an essential component of a religious life for us, of a full human life. Reason guides our self-development, our creation of community and social justice. Developing critical thinking skills is a deep abiding value we share. We promise each Sunday to seek the truth in love. So reason and public education belong together. Reason should be woven into every aspect of what's being taught and how it's being taught. Here's the image I want you to keep in mind. I want you to keep in mind as we combine public education and reason, I want you to imagine a rope in a snowstorm. Tying a rope from the house to the barn was and still is common practice in rural America during blizzard conditions. So I have a vivid description, because I want this in there from Laura Ingle Wilder's on the banks of Plum Creek to help firmly plant this notion of a rope in the blizzard. <sighs> Next day the storm was even worse. It could not be seen through the windows, for snow swished so thickly against them that the glass was like white glass. All around the house, the wind was howling. When Pa started to the stable, snow whirled thick into the lean-to, and outdoors was a wall of whiteness. He took down a coil of rope from a nail in the lean-to. "'I'm afraid to try it without something to guide me back,' he said. "'With this rope tied to the far end of the clothesline,' I ought to be able to reach the stable. They waited, frightened. He had felt his way along the clothesline, fastened to the lean-to, till he came to the clothesline post. Then he tied an end of his rope to the post and went on, unwinding the rope from his arm as he went. He could not see anything but the whirling snow. Suddenly, something hit him and it was the stable wall. He felt along it till he came to the door, and there he fastened the end of the rope. So he did the chores and came back, holding on to the rope. So I'm suggesting reason is the lifeline for the blizzard we live in today. Our current storm is of a different sort. It swirls around us as economic injustice, ecological ruin, physical and spiritual violence, and their inevitable outcome war. It swirls within us as fear and frenzy, greed and deceit, and indifference to the suffering of others. So only with our fists clenched tightly around reason can we find our way through the glut of problems and misinformation to intelligently repair public education. Historically, Unitarians have insisted in logic, not only in our churches, but in our schools. Our ancestors, our New England Unitarians, played critical roles in the development of public education at a time when schooling was not widely available. There was no public education, no kindergarten, no high schools. Let me tell you about one of these original reformers. Horace Mann grows up as the 18th century becomes the 19th century. He lives between the American Revolution and the Civil War, and our new nation's emphasis is on teaching boys, not girls. Study is home based or church based, steeped in the Bible and Christianity. Now, Horace Mann is raised in a strict Christian household. His family are God fearing, new light, evangelical Calvinists. Hell is a real place where sinners surely go. And by man's own account, he's a gullible student of these teachings until the age of 14, when his older brother Stephen drowns. The local minister uses Stephen's funeral to preach about the eternal hell awaiting the unconverted, When Horace Mann hears his mother's groan of pain at this terrible pronouncement, Mann says he suspended his Calvinist beliefs in a creator who could be so cruel and starts his lifelong belief in the kindness and ethical integrity of God. Yes, he's a theist, as most Unitarians are of his day, but at that moment, in the funeral Man has essentially reached up for the rope of reason in the cruel blizzard of Christian orthodoxy of his day. Man grows up, among other work, he heads the Massachusetts Board of Education. He begins to make significant changes in the school system, and many of man's reforms remain central to what we imagine public schools are today. Instead of the one-room school, man separates classes by age into grades. He standardizes curricula across the state, and most importantly, he insists on reason. At the time, education has a clear religious intent. Instead, man believed children should be taught ethical principles common across Christianity, but no religious doctrine. His philosophy allows students to discern their ethical beliefs, thereby creating responsible and moral citizens. He advocates for a clear separation of church and school, creating non-sectarian public education. Man believed then, and I do now, schools are the training ground for democracy. Quality education is an equalizer and has the power to interrupt systems of poverty and inequality. Public education must guide the whole child, the teacher, the whole teacher, and staff to think clearly and compassionately. Public education must offer that lifeline of reasoning, not just in the curriculum, but in its whole ethos, So returning to our question, what will the long-term impact be of our decline in public education? I can't predict what the future will bring. The variables making up a healthy school system are complex. Like a church, a school is an institution embedded in our culture. Like a church. A school serves within modern life, preserves history, and also provides the freedom to develop the skills to critique society. Unlike many other religious traditions, Hope Church is like a school, a healthy place to question, evaluate, and adjust our actions and our beliefs. We revere curiosity Reason and logic. Unlike the question we're considering today, is it possible our public education isn't in such a total nosedive? While we may be seeing schools losing altitude, are we also seeing them struggle, as we do here at Hope, to incorporate new possibilities? and find critical lift. For example, Horace Mann believed in the rights of everyone to have a free public education, including one of the glaring blind spots of his day, slaves. He was an abolitionist and an advocate for women. So today, with the internet, free education for everyone takes on a completely new meaning. Anyone in the world with access to the web can learn new skills, look up any word, concept, or map, and study under the best teachers. I'm sure you've heard about Salman Khan back in 2006 who started a series of videos in math and science. He was trying to tutor his cousins. And now, online Khan Academy provides a free, world-class education for anyone, anywhere. It now has over 6,500 videos in various topics. You can take courses from major and minor universities. YouTube is packed with short videos examining and discussing any and everything. Udemy, TEDx, Talks, edX. Okay. I'm not veering into the either or arguments about technology versus the standard classroom or online instruction versus a real live person teaching real live students. We need both. Just as the printing press did not replace oral instruction, the internet will not erase classroom learning. Yet technology and its possibilities changes everything. It changes what schools must teach, how it's taught. It changes what students must learn and how they will learn. It changes what will best prepare students for the future. Should computer coding be taught along with the alphabet? Yeah. What does not change is the need to think clearly, to reach out to that rope of reason. We agree to hold the rope stretched across this messy blizzard of change and tumult in all we do, inside this sanctuary and out in the world. We encourage freedom of inquiry, thinking for oneself, and learning from experiment and experience. We accept the tension between reason and intuitive or spiritual expression. We continue to figure out how to use the power of reason, including all that science and philosophy have to offer, alongside the aha of our experiences of beauty, of love, of mystery. We jump into the blizzard unafraid because we can use our reason alongside our emotions and joy. Reason is not devoid of passion. Our church's mission and public educations intersect beautifully. As teacher and Quaker Parker Palmer explains, an education that pretends to explore only the outer world is disingenuous and incomplete. A good education is intentional and thoughtful about helping students find an inner orientation toward what is out there that will be life-giving for them and the world. In education as well as religion, he goes on, we must find ways to help people conduct an inner search free of any predetermined outcome while providing them with guidance and resources they need to conduct it well as we do so we will be shaping some of the habits of the heart that make democracy possible so together we have our hands firmly around the rope of reason may it guide our actions and words May it nurture our curiosity and shape our humility. May it be so.